0: We often speak about God as our Father and our Savior, our Helper and our Lord, our King and our Redeemer. But what does it look like to have God as our friend? Can we truly see the ruler of the universe as our personal confidant and companion? In my interview today, I talk with Mike McKinley about what it means for us as Christians to be friends of God. We discuss the friendship that Jesus had on earth and explore what it looks like for us to lean into our friendship with God in our own lives. Mike McKinley is the senior pastor of Sterling Park Baptist Church in Sterling, Virginia, and the author of Friendship with God, A Path to Deeper Fellowship with the Father, Son, and Spirit from Crossway. Let's get started. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today on the Crossway Podcast. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to talk about friendship with God, how we as Christians can view God as a friend. Uh, But if I'm honest, uh, there's one thing that comes to my mind when I think about this topic, the idea of being friends with God. And that's that old t-shirt that was so popular in the early to mid nineties that said, Jesus is my homeboy on it. (laughs) Do you remember that shirt?
1: Uh, I think I saw that shirt. Yeah. Did, Did
0: you, did you own that shirt? I will not admit on a podcast <laughs> that uh, to ever owning that shirt. So but, I, I think the shirt kind of illustrates maybe some of the suspicion that sometimes some of us can have when we think about the idea of being friends with God, and it's that it can kind of carry with it connotations of overfamiliarity, of mm-hmm. kind of a lack of reverence towards God. What do you think of that? Do you resonate with that kind of default concern?
1: Yeah, I really do. Um, I was uh, I was converted as a A young person in a fairly large um, non-denominational megachurch that was, I think, really helpful in proclaiming the gospel. Um, But it wasn't until later in life that when I was introduced to richer biblical theology that my understanding of God was expanded. Books like The Knowledge of the Holy or The Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul. And, uh, And one of the things that really attracted me to Reformed theology generally, but even just kind of to the Bible was this picture of God who is was much bigger than I think I had thought. Um, and so that sort of explosive view of God, who's limitless, eternal, who, who doesn't need me, but loves me anyway, uh, who's holy um, and just, that was really attractive to me. I think it's really attractive to a, a, a lot of people. Mm. And I think because we're reacting to that sort of casual, you know, Jesus is my homeboy kind of approach, I think that makes us, like you said, suspicious. That's a good word. Of anything that would encourage us to be too intimate with God, or to mm. any, anything that strikes of making God my peer, I think mm. maybe rightly makes us nervous. But I think we don't want to throw the the baby out with the yeah the the bathwater. Yeah,
0: dig into that a little bit more. The the fear of intimacy with God is that as you look at like the maybe the quote unquote reformed conservative landscape, you know, broadly reformed landscape out there. Do you think there can tend to be a little bit of a a wariness of language that would be too intimate and in com- when it comes to god or talking about our relationship with god with those kinds of in those kinds of ways that because we're, we're worried about i don't know crossing over some line
1: yeah yeah I, I think we are in a lot of ways and part of that i think is is again well-founded i remember going to a church once where uh, they were praying for some young people that were being sent out and for some reason, the person who was praying just started laughing, like he just got the giggles. And so, <laughs> like they just kept laughing and like kind of making jokes and in the prayer. During the prayer. During the prayer. And I was thinking like, yeah, something, like something's not quite right here. And, mm. and, uh, and so I think that we are in the, again, reformed conservative circles, I think are responding to something like that, that is out there and that is a real, a real danger. And I think it's certainly good to emphasize the, the grandeur and glory and otherness of God but a lot of the Bible actually points us towards intimacy with God, towards fellowship and communion with him. Mm. And so I, I, my fear is that, you know, it's being too casual with God is bad, but also leaving God s- as so remote and so distant from us in his grandeur and holiness uh, may be just as bad and, mm. and just as spiritually damaging.
0: Yeah. You mentioned the Bible that it kind of gives us a picture that is maybe more nuanced than even our own. Uh, what we would say sometimes, so maybe point us to a few key verses that you see that speak to this topic of friendship with god
1: well, I mean just in in one place you see Jesus himself had friends, mm. which you know if our understanding of Jesus is that he's the image of God, right he he came and revealed the Father to us It's just amazing what what was his posture towards other people? Well, he had friends, he calls his disciples his friends in John 11, right? We read about Jesus's friends, Mary and Martha, and he calls Lazarus our friend. And you know we didn't know about them. You know, you're like, oh, wait, what? Like Jesus has this whole like relational life off yeah. the pages of the New Testament where right. he's like building friendships with people. Um, so that, that seems significant, right? He says to the disciples, you know, you are my friends if you... Obey what what I've told you to do. Uh, no longer do I call you servants, but I call you friends. So that that seems significant.
0: So one 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 response to that one uh, way that we might think about that is, well, yeah, Jesus in his humanity, he had friends, but that's not that doesn't necessarily translate into how we should think about relating to God in his in his divinity. Yeah,
1: sure. I mean, also significantly in in the Old Testament, Moses is called you know Moses. Uh, God speaks to Moses as a man speaks to his friend. Mm. In the prophets, he, uh, the Lord calls Abraham my friend. Uh, James picks that idea up and says Abraham was a, was a friend of God. So it, it does seem more than just Jesus in his incarnation. Mm. Uh, in Corinthians, Paul talks about uh, God calling us into fellowship with his son. Um, he talks about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Um, I, th- I think that idea of communion or fellowship um is meant to convey this idea of sort of intimate relationship. So in the book that I've written, uh it w- decided to title what, what John Owen called Communion with God. I call friendship with God because the idea of communion just sounds sort of religious and mm. spiritual in a way that maybe is inaccessible to folks. But, but
0: but friendship you would say captures kind of what he was getting at.
1: I think so. Yeah. And I think and I think it captures in some ways what more importantly what Paul was getting at when he says we've been called into Fellowship with his son.
0: Yeah. Speak a little bit more to that. So the, the the story behind this book is that it's a distillation of a classic old book. You mentioned John Owen. Tell us a little bit more about that book and about what you were trying to do in in this edition.
1: Yeah. So John Owen was a um, an English Puritan in the uh, 1600s and in the 1650s or so, uh, he gave a series of addresses to basically to teenagers at Oxford University that were published as as A book communion with God. And the idea was, it was how we have communion or fellowship with the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. Yeah. It was published. I bought a copy
0: some 300 plus years uh, later, years later. (laughs) And,
1: uh, and it sat on my shelf unread for a long time. That Uh,
0: can be in the category of books that you're like, you're supposed to buy it, but you maybe struggle to actually read it.
1: Yes. Yeah. If you're a pastor, you should probably own a copy. But most of us probably haven't read it. If you are familiar with owen his his writing could be daunting, mm. so not only is it separated from time and space, but he's he's unusually wordy and
0: clumsy, even for his own day even for his own day.
1: <laughs> I, I had a sabbatical, and I decided on this sabbatical i really I felt personally in my own life um, like I wanted to grow in this sense of of how do I live out a friendship or, or relationship with God mm. and I thought. Okay, this is the classic I got I got to make my way through it And so I read it and in many ways it changed my life Mm. Uh, So I'd read through it two or three times took the men men in our church through it But it is it is really difficult. And so for a while I started hatching an idea like I wish someone would just write These ideas down in a way that's simpler and easier to
0: access Mm. So that that man was you
1: I, I tried to get a bunch of other better qualified people to do it and they didn't want to. So I thought eventually I thought I had to do it myself. Just got to do it.
0: So you mentioned relationship with God a minute ago. And, and that's obviously a, a, the language that we often use as evangelicals. We're very comfortable with the language of how is your relationship with God doing? How is the idea of friendship with God maybe a little bit different? Or is it, is it different? Or is it the same thing that you might mean when you say our relationship with God?
1: I think the ideas are connected, um, and I think, like you said, we use that word relationship a lot. And you know, maybe you've heard it's not a religion; it's a relationship yeah, kind of thing. Right. So, and I think there, that is a helpful picture. I think friendship is more more specific; it's a more specific kind of relationship. So, my relationship with God is not like my relationship with my congressman uh, or my plumber. My relationship with God is a friendship, and so other biblical imagery you could use be like a marriage, but the relationship that I have with God in Christ is one of friendship and all that entails in terms of sort of mutual love and the ability to, to, to know one another and to have like ongoing daily interaction. Mm.
0: Cause that, that's a, that gets to a, the definition of friendship and we all would probably say we have friends, uh, but, uh, probably some of us would, would admit that some friends are uh, from some friendships are deeper, more profound, more meaningful to us than others. There's kind of different types of friendships that we all experience in our human lives. So, what do you mean when, when we say friendship with God? What are kind of the key characteristics of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll let Owen do the, the thinking here for me. He defines it basically a relationship of delight, where two parties communicate, hmm. like he says, of themselves to one another and make returns if i have a friend i i communicate myself to him i let him know what i'm thinking what i'm like what's going on inside me and he makes a return of that he communicates about himself but he also he also interacts with with what i've told him he rejoices when i'm rejoicing and he inter- encourages me counsels me those kinds of things so mm-hmm. it's that sort of give and take back and forth in a relationship of, of love or delight, I hmm. think is, is what characterizes friendship particularly. And those things apply really well when you sort of map them onto our relationship with God.
0: Hmm. So I think people might might feel a sense of, yeah, I, I know that I'm supposed to be talking to God, communicating myself to him. We do that in prayer. But sometimes it feels like there, it is isn't a two-way street. I know I have his word and that, that is written for me, but it's not as personal as I want it to be or uh, as my other friendships would be, so we actually very practically feel the temptation to prioritize uh, a friendship with another human over that with God because it feels more personal. Uh, h- how do you think about that? Have you struggled with that kind of a, a sense?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that's um, a normal struggle for Christians, and I think there is you know there is work to be done in this friendship, and I think that's a, a really helpful distinction that Owen makes really early on in the book uh, between our our union with God and our communion with God. Hmm. Um, Or we might say um, the fact that we are God's friends and having a friendship with him. You know, Owen points out our our union with God is something that God has unilaterally done. He has worked through the gift of his son by uh, setting his love on us, giving us his Holy Spirit. Right, God has united us to Christ. And I can't do anything to mess that up. I can't add to it, I can't take it away because God's done all the work there. So in that sense, every Christian uh, experiences that union with God. When we get to talking about communion with God or friendship with God, well, that's actually a, a bit of a two-way street. Then mm. that's we actually do have a role to play there, and if we neglect it, then we'll experience less of it. And so, there there is something for us to be done in order to uh, hear God's word, or you know, so when we come to God's word, whether that's being preached or uh, just reading the Bible, you know, if you just come to it like. Yeah, this is the thing I do. And, you know, the box is checked and mm-hmm. now good. You're not going to experience much communion with God because you're not really hearing him speak to you in his word. You're not learning anything about him. You're not learning what delights him. You're not learning what he loves, mm. what he's planned for you. If
0: you were to translate that way of thinking to a human friendship, it, it immediately looks so absurd, you know, to to check off a, a task of going to talk to your friend or have coffee with a friend. Yeah. It just, it, it doesn't fit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and if you've ever like experienced that, like where you're, you're talking to someone and they're just clearly not listening, <laughs> yeah, they just, they, their mind's on a million other things, right? It's not a, a close, warm, you know, mm-hmm. intimate feeling. But but God has has done His part. He's spoken to us. He gives us His Holy Spirit. Um, he gives us even teachers, you know, in the church that have been gifted by the Spirit to to proclaim the ways and the will of the Lord. So God's speaking to us. We do need to be, I think, attentive to listening to reading God's word with an eye towards knowing him better mm. not just to sort of take in facts okay so David was king and then Solomon was king but but to actually like learn about the ways of the Lord and to hear him speaking to us in his word mm. and then yeah and then we speak back so whether that's in corporate worship right so sometimes you know you hear God speak to you and you go and can it be that I should gain an, you know an interest in my Savior's blood right you can't imagine right and so you, you're just bursting forth with I have to sing about mm. this or, or, you know, sometimes God's word just cuts you to the quick and you get on your knees and you're just like, I'm sorry. Right. I, please forgive me. Uh, I can't believe I did that again. I can't believe I'm still here or whatever it is. Right. You, you respond by, yeah. you know, sometimes things happen in life and you take them for the Lord and Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know what to think, hmm. but like I need you right now. Right. That we, we're communicating ourselves to him in a, in a myriad of ways also. Um,
0: yeah. So when we think about friendship with God, this idea, I think maybe we most often associate it with Jesus in particular. So we mentioned that the Jesus is my homeboy t-shirt, but it kind of gets at maybe just a, a, a way that we, we tend to assume that it's, he's kind of the locus of this friendship. And uh, I think of verses like Matthew eleven nineteen. there's another one in Luke where Jesus is actually described as a friend of sinners. Um, but I think we're probably less likely to think about friendship with relation to God the Father and the Spirit. Those two members of the Trinity, just in general, probably can often be a little bit less clearly defined or less easy for us to feel like we can relate to as clearly because we don't have quite the picture that we have of Jesus. Uh, So is this idea of friendship with God something that's equally applicable to all three members of the Trinity or is there something unique about Jesus that we should be focused on?
1: Well, Owen argues in the book, and I think I think he's right, that we're meant to have that sort of direct relationship with father, son, and spirit. And, you know, in one sense, you know, we're in the mystery of the Trinity here, which is definitely where like <laughs> I, I check out and go swim in the shallow pool, um, with the kids. You can't think about the three without recognizing the one. And there there's a sense in which sort of distinct communion with the spirit is inevitably going to lead
0: you into communion with with the Lord Jesus mm. and the it's Father. It's not as if we can have a relationship or a friendship with one and not another one of them. Right, exactly. Yeah. But
1: but Owen does point out that the Bible seems to indicate that we, we have this direct relationship with each member of the Trinity. So mm. we can know them, delight in them, pray to them, praise them in, as sort of individual persons. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah that, that's helpful just to kind of think that there's there's just, there's always more for us to explore in that regard. We don't have to be just limited to thinking about Jesus in this way. We actually can think of the whole Godhead through this lens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember for me, I was reading Owen and I was in church on Sunday and, uh, and we were singing, uh, his mercy is more, hmm. you know, that song. And, uh, I was up front, I was standing next to one of the other pastors in our church and you know, the whole song goes on you know our sins there are many his mercy is more the whole idea is like as bad as your sins are god's mercy is even greater i was suddenly struck as we were singing it by like like hold on that like that is actually true you know and i don't know how to describe it because i was just overwhelmed by by a sense of the reality of mm-hmm. that of that statement and yeah. that i would have told you it was true i've sung that song a million times but like i actually it was like oh like as, as bad as i feel about my sin like god's mercy is greater and i and i leaned over to um one of the other guys on, on staff at the church. And I was like, do you know that that's true? You know? Mm, yeah. And I've And then as I was reading later that week in Owen, as he was talking about the spirit, he was he was commenting, I, I think it's in Romans five, where Paul talks about God has um, poured out his love on us in the spirit. And Owen points out the, one of the ways we experience friendship with the Holy Spirit, or he would say communion with the Holy Spirit, is that he convinces us
0: of God's love for us. And I was like, mm.
1: oh, that's, I said, like, that's what happened to me.
0: Yeah, you just and, experienced that. Yeah,
1: and I was, and, but I wouldn't have known, I think, to, oh, that was like, yeah, that was the Holy Spirit like huh. working in me, convincing me that God the Father loves me, right? In that moment I was exper- where I was overwhelmed and then just expressed that, that that was actually like communion with the Spirit. We tend to think of think of it in very like, you know, maybe ecstatic terms. Like, yeah. oh, when you're in the Spirit, <laughs> you're running around, you know, waving your <laughs> hands or, you know, you fall into this mystical trance, but... Actually, the scriptures say it's when when you're convinced of the Father's love for you, mm. that's when you're experiencing like the ministry of the Spirit in you, and you're yeah. you're communing with Him.
0: I think that can be really encouraging because we can we can sometimes think that the ultimate expression of some of these uh, of this relationship with God that we enjoy, and all all three members of the Trinity, they they have to be these big, remarkable, life changing events, and we maybe downplay the significance of the seemingly mon- more mundane moments where we do feel a conviction over sin or we feel a closeness to god a, a sweetness of our of our forgiveness in him and we can kind of just think of those things as like that was cool but i don't know kind of mundane but actually maybe that is what we that is all the evidences of this really amazing relationship that we enjoy
1: yeah yeah exactly owen owen talks about basically the returns that we make to God, right? So he communicates himself to us and we make returns to him. And Owen talks about it in terms of like the the forms that he accepts and institutes. And so, yeah, we actually, there's something in, I don't know if it's just being an American or a Westerner or a modern person, but there's something in us that wants like a new trick, a new tip, a new new way. And if we're just doing things the way we've always done them, something's wrong. But the reality is it, it is in those things. It's in, it's in, Reading the Bible and prayer and obedience and fellowship in the church and hearing God's word preached and taking the Lord's supper, like singing praises to God, like those are the ways he's instituted and approves and he's given us, like we actually don't have to be all that creative. Mm -hmm. Like he said, here's, here's what you need to do. Yeah. We just need to to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Are there any limits to how far we can take this idea of being friends with God? Are there pitfalls that we would want to avoid as we think about this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that we could overcorrect, right? So there, there are a lot of truths you have to hold in tension, right? God is incredibly holy and also very loving. God is so other than I am, but also very near and, and intimate. So I'm sure, I'm sure you could um, pull things apart and fail to hold things in tension. And I'm sure that if you, you know, if you speak about friendship with God and God's love in a way, again, that, that in any way diminishes his holiness, diminishes his you know grandeur, Yeah, that would be, that would obviously be unhelpful and Mm -hmm. and wouldn't be spiritually profitable to to pursue friendship with God in that way. Mm -hmm. But it does seem like scripture isn't concerned about like the idea that God's love for us and his mercy towards us. And even his his delight in us will in any way diminish his holiness or his grandeur. Mm
0: -hmm. So then what are some practical strategies? We've talked about reading the Bible, you know, Going to church, being part of a worshiping community. Uh, are there other uh, practical advice or tips that you would give to somebody who's thinking? I, if I'm honest, I don't feel that closeness necessarily. I, I struggle to feel like that, but they want they want that to change. Uh, what would you say to that person?
1: Yeah, I think probably every Christian feels that way um, <laughs> at at some point in time, and I, I think sometimes the the hurdle can just be not knowing where to start or how to start or if it's okay to start. Yeah. Um
0: so it feels overwhelming.
1: Yeah. Yeah, which I get. And so I think in one sense, like there there is work for us to do in our communion with God or friendship with God. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to make the mistake of thinking like this really heavy weight and burden to get it right falls on me and I've got to kind of figure out how to thread this really small needle really well. But the fact is like God has done everything necessary for us to be his friends. So in Christ's death and resurrection and uh, ascension and his, you know, being seated and his advocate advocating for us uh, in heaven, like all all that's been done for us. And so like God wants you to come to him. Mm. Like you don't have to clean up your act. You don't have to figure out what to say. Just go to him. Like uh, open the Bible, read about God's love for you, and then pour out your heart to him and you know start there Uh, assuming again that you're doing the other things like being part of a a church and 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 doing those sorts of things Mm. if you're living in intentional open flagrant sin that's going to disrupt your communion with God there's no doubt about that and so maybe that there's things that you need to uh, start by repenting of it could be I think even living in that kind of flagrant open sin this will be this will be my and this will be my caveat that'll make the reformed folks happy, right? <laughs> if you are living in that open sin, it could it could actually put in doubt whether or not you really are united to Christ mm-hmm. over time. You you can't lose that union with Christ, but it could cause you to question whether you ever really were to begin mm-hmm. with. But if you're you know if you're looking at pornography or if you're holding resentment and unforgiveness in your heart towards your brother or you know a whole host of things like that, you are going to feel distant from God. Like there's no way around that. That's actually God's gift to you so that you'll you'll feel that distance and and repent and and come back to him
0: Mm. Um, One question I think people can have with that example in mind is like what does repentance look like? What's the difference between repentance and cleaning up your act so to speak?
1: Yeah Yeah, that's a good question. uh, It's a big question, but I think I mean I think repentance does in some ways involve cleaning up your act repentance involves It's not less than sorrow for your sin uh, and, a, and a resolve to to put it away, um, to turn your back on it and go in the other direction, and then the actual act of of doing that. Mm. So you really haven't repented until you've started like moving in the opposite direction uh, from your sin. And so, you know, if someone comes into my office and they want to be done with a, a sin that's particularly besetting them, right? There, maybe they confess it. They're they're distraught. They want to to change. It, it may be there's some obvious steps that they can take to begin to do that. Now I don't expect that anyone's going to do it perfectly, mm. you know, um, but you can do it truly. And if if that person's not willing to take those steps, then I'm not sure what they mean by repentance. Mm. If a man comes in and says, "I've been mistreating my wife, and I'm I'm ashamed, and I want to do some I want to do something different," and so we sit down and we okay, um, here's some things we can do. Uh, we need to start counseling. And he's like, "Ah, I'm not doing that." not entirely sure what you mean by repentant, mm-hmm. right? If again somebody's addicted to drugs, right? And uh okay, let me let me delete your dealer's name out of your phone. I don't I don't know. Mm. Yeah, you're you feel badly, you feel guilty. You're not repentant.
0: Yeah, that's that's really helpful. So at one point in the book you you reflect on this uh, this idea of what it means to be a friend with God and how that relates to how we view him. There was this section uh, that I want to read that was just really impactful, and I want to hear you speak more about it. So you write, think for a second about what it's like to sit down and spend time with a good friend. You aren't constantly worried about what you're going to talk about and about whether you might accidentally offend him by saying the wrong thing. You're not concerned that he will reject you if you share your weaknesses or your fears or your failures. There's no concern that he might be harboring a grudge or secretly merely tolerating you. That that was such a powerful thing that that is true of how we think about our friends. If we had a friend that we felt those ways towards, that wouldn't be a very good friend. That wouldn't be a very strong friendship. And we probably wouldn't persevere in that very long. And yet my guess is that that is kind of exactly how so many of us at times feel about God. We feel nervous to talk to him. We feel like we've got to, we've got to fix everything about us first. We feel very tentative and hesitant. We sometimes even feel like he is probably just kind of low-level annoyed with us at all of our shortcomings. How do we get out of that? How do we change that feeling that we so often have about God, largely due to our own, the the way we perceive our own sinfulness and our own weakness?
1: Yeah, I think think you've put your finger on something because I think we do kind of, we lack joy in our relationship with God or in our friendship with God, because I think we do, we do feel that way, right? No one likes to be merely tolerated or you've a sense that people don't like you, you know, you wouldn't want to spend time with those people. Right. Yeah, Right. Um, and so I, I think that does put a lot of damper on our, on our, our sense of joy and, and delight in, in the Lord. And so in terms of how you fix that, really what, like all you can do is believe what God has said. Like actually apply yourself. I, I um, in most of the, the first really third of the book, you, you, I'm, I'm basically just trying to, to convince Christians that God the Father loves them, hmm. right? Which, is actually a shockingly large part of the New Testament
0: is devoted to that,
1: <laughs> um, and, uh, and so I I think we need to hear that often, and we need to actually work to believe it. I think.
0: Does that ring too to your experience as a pastor? Like how, how, how many of your conversations do you say are in some way connected to trying to help Christians believe that God really does love them?
1: An incredibly high percentage Mm. of them. And even, even ones that would intellectually say it, Yeah. you know, at at the root of most people's sin problems and inability to change is this, this actual sense that God doesn't love them. Mm. Right. And so there's anxiety, there's impatience, there's weakness, there's fear, there's anger there that wouldn't be there if they were really convinced that God loved them the way that he does Mm -hmm. and that he was going to take care of them the way that, that he's promised to. And so, yeah, I think to make it my goal as a Christian to really believe that God, the father loves me and that, that love comes to us in Christ and Christ is the ultimate demonstration, right? It's interesting in first John, when he says, God is love, right? He's talking specifically about God, the father, Right, because he then says like, you know, who, who sent his son mm-hmm. as a propitiation for our sins, right. right? There's only one person in the Trinity who has a son to send and that's the Father. So God is love, right? God so loved the world that he sent his son, right? It's the love of the Father that sent the Son. Mm. And so when I look at Christ, I see the love of God the Father and most clearly. So Owen has this great, uh, this great picture. You know, he says basically God is the fountain of love And Jesus is the stream. So if you're drinking from like a stream of like, of like cool, cold water, like that stream, that water you're drinking actually has its source far away in Mm. a, in a spring, but you need a stream to actually carry it to you. Mm. And so the father in Owen's illustration is this source of love. And Jesus is the stream that actually brings it right to us. And so I think understanding, you know, again, I think, you know, what you said earlier about Jesus and our being our homeboy and how Jesus just seems more ac- accessible to us, Jesus actually is showing us most clearly how much the Father loves us. Yeah, there's
0: a certain truth to that. Jesus is the the fullest revelation of God that we that we have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Well, Mike, uh, thank you so much for helping us to, to think more deeply about this and uh, pursue friendship with God in a way that maybe we haven't before.
1: That was my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: That was Mike McKinley on Friendship with God. For more be sure to check out his book with Crossway, Friendship with God: A Path to Deeper Fellowship with the Father, Son, and Spirit. Pick up your copy of the print book for 30% off or get the ebook or audiobook for 50% off directly from Crossway by visiting crossway.org/plus. That's crossway.org slash plus. For more audio content like this, subscribe to the Crossway Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with a friend and leaving us a review. Crossway is a not-for-profit Christian ministry that exists solely for the purpose of proclaiming the truth of God's word through publishing gospel-centered content. Visit us today at crossway.org.